The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a fun show we have today. Matt and myself, we talked to Tim Kennedy and we talked to Jared Watson from the Dirty Heads. We cursed a little. We talked Ronda Rousey and her mm. announcement to fight. I think we got a lot covered. Am I right or wrong? Right. He may finish it here. Oh, he's, he's out. He kicked he out. Oh. It is all over. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered. With Jim Norton and Matt Sarah, powered by digital media, find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Big show today to UFC Unfiltered, of course. Uh, my good pal Matt is here with Hi. me. A lot of stuff to cover. We have a couple of uh, interviews. We have Tim Kennedy calling in. And uh, we also have Jared Watson, the lead singer of Dirty Heads. Calling in, we got a lot of UFC news to cover. A lot of news. I think I just caught Matt in a big lie. What I this is an about? ugly one. This may break this up because I'm 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 pretty I'm a truthful guy. You are, but a moment ago you said I'm going to go take a leak, oh. and you were gone shit length of time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I told you a leak. Now when I now a leak could be uh, I didn't tell you where I'm leaking from. You know what I mean? I, you don't know what I did in there, but uh, that's actually I've been in there twice. And was that a dump? No, it wasn't a dump. Uh, right. it, was a, it was a leak. No, a dump earlier, though, for sure. I really thought, I said, Matt's taking a shit. He told me he was just taking no, a leak. No, no. Sometimes, like, I'll take a leak, and then I'll wash my hands, and I'm like, I feel like there's some more in there. So I'll, like, push my belly out, oh, and I'll yeah. stay, and I'll wait, and I'm almost meditating, and then all of a sudden, I'll tinkle a little more. Do you know what I do? And I'm not kidding. When what? I have to do that, I lightly flick my nipple. I'm not oh, kidding. Dude, it relaxes me. I thought I was me. the only one. No, no, I do. I tease it. And there's something about that relaxes me. It's really weird. Oh, great. And it helps me pee. So now I'm going to be in fucking Penn Station at the <laughs> at the urinal playing with my nipples. Tweedling so your take. nips. <laughs> Tweedling those nips. Someone's going to recognize me. And they'll be like, oh, there's that, that fighting guy playing with his nipples. Yeah, that's the only lie I've ever caught Matt Sarah. Uh, and it wasn't even a lie. It was my, my mistake. I think it was your mistake. But, uh, um, yeah, I did do a duty <laughs> I did. I love Matt. Matt can good. shit anywhere. I admire I, that. Literally. I could both sleep and shit anywhere. That's a, But that's what a, that's the definition yeah. of a male. Like, yeah. it really is. You know what I mean? Right? Like, I can't do either of those things comfortably. I'm such a little coddled fruit. I really admire you. Hello, who's this on the phone? Hey, this is Christian with Dirty Heads. Oh, hey, what's up? Is oh, it, where, is we were expecting Jared, but I, we'll talk to you. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm calling just to let you know that we're going to be five minutes late. Oh, all oh, right. Okay, well, now, you're on the podcast, so welcome aboard. Yeah, our oh, audience man. knows now. That's Sorry. Great. That's all right. Well, uh, call back in five it's minutes. the only contact number I had. Sorry, man. Nah, no problem. Call back. Oh, good. Okay. All right, bye-bye. 
We'll I like back. letting people see the ins and outs of the UFC they, unfiltered. They like the behind the scenes shit. Yes, it's never behind the scenes because we have everything out in the open. Should we save that for a like like a a director's cut of UFC unfiltered? Like the that um, little moment, the special features. Yeah, audio commentary. Remember that time the guy called in? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, the wrong guy from Dirty Heads. By the way, Matt, uh, a little congratulations for you and I both. We're over three million downloads already. You know, we're not going to do this every million. I'm, but. A, I'm amazed. Yeah. Every million. I like the way you say that. I mean, I just felt like yesterday it was two million downloads. Yeah. And then uh, I got hit with that with the three million. And that's not a, that can't be a bad thing, Chris, the producer. Absolutely not. No, we're doing really well. No, yeah. We can hardly sit down, Chris, the producer. I'm, I'm very so excited. That's uh, for other reasons he can hardly we sit got down. A, and first of all, a lot, of, got a lot of stuff, a lot of breaking news at the UFC. Yep. A lot, we got to talk about that stuff. But sure. how was your weekend, by the way? I was in Reno, Nevada. Um, it was very, very windy. And I was a little depressed because I walked into the theater to perform okay. a little early and I saw about 11 people and I'm like, all right, I just got to hang myself in the back. There's mm. no use in living. But it uh, turned out to be a really fucking good crowd. So I had an amazing show. A lot of people showed up. What's, I was very happy. What's a good crowd? Well, about a thousand people came. Oh, so wow. I, was, I was very happy. It's one of those theaters that was too big for me to be booked in. Um, I should have been booked in a 2800, but that was the only theater they had. But, you know, I was, I would have been happy with a few, a thousand people. So I was really fucking psyched. And they were all hardcore fans. And yeah. a lot of them, I always ask about Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM. And I mentioned UFC yeah. Unfiltered with, uh, the great Matt Sarah. And people respond very well to Matt and to yes. the podcast. Yeah, they always cheer. They love it. One day I'm going to go to your show. Anytime. And, and you're just going to call me on stage. No, you don't have to call me on stage. You're going to give me a shout out and I'll I would stand love up to. and I'll, I'll give a wave. Uh, yeah, this is my pal Matt. <laughs> I would be very happy to do that. Oh, that's great, man. And I've been catching some of your stuff. I told you with Sam. I've yeah, it's fun, that. man. Oh, it is fun. You're coming it on. Matt's fun. coming on. We're going to hopefully Thursday or Friday. I'm dude, love to have you. If I'm invited, I'm down. You are absolutely. That's invited. invite, and everybody heard it. I'm hanging out with you and Sam. I can't wait. How are you? But I'm good, and I'm 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 very happy today because uh, I went to I had a couple of my amateurs fight over the weekend. Right. One of my girl fighters and and one of my guys. So an amateur. And, and, how long has she been training? How long has she been training? Uh well, she's been training a while. You know, she did the kickboxing. Her name is Lauren Brasha, and she she was uh, she's a tough 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 chick, tough girl, really tough. She lost. She lost her fight, but uh, it's all in this game. Listen, it's all about how you win and how you lose. Like you could win right. by by just like stalling the game and having a win that I'm not too crazy about. Same thing goes with the way you lose. She lost going forward. She lost basically on takedowns to a tough chick, and uh, she was going forward. And from the second that bell started to the last bell, she didn't stop fighting. So she made corrections between rounds as far as with getting taken down, how she was getting taken down up against the cage, how to keep her legs wider so she can't they can't grab underneath the butt where you you know like John Jones did to uh, uh, DC when he fought right. he would just grab him underneath his butt with his long arms and just now put that's him down. the best way to do it to grab around both arms or under the ass there yeah well you know what it is it's hard to even if you got good hips and you're a good wrestler you got a good sprawl this <laughs> you, it's very difficult not to go down when somebody's got you up against the cage and they grab underneath your buttocks and and you can't sprawl can so, you get somebody down like that like even if you're not against the cage is pretty you can't well it's it's different though because he could escape his hips he could sprawl out he could, you know what i mean there's, there's different defenses that if somebody's been practicing the wrestling it's a whole different thing up against the cage so she made correct there's things i look for as as, as um you know as a coach is, and uh one of those things is how um how your fighter communicates between rounds Sometimes if they're new and they're fresh and they're, they're, they're like at a blank stare, they don't, you might as well be speaking Japanese. They don't know what the fuck's going on and yeah. you just try to get through with them. But she was, she was listening to me. She made corrections. 
Uh, she came up a little short because the girl got it down, but she never, and, but she never stopped fighting. I'm very proud of her. So yeah. shout out to Lauren. So, so she, was, she was it great. a decision? Uh, it was a decision. Okay. Yeah. It was a decision. It was for a title and, and, oh. and then, um, was she the champion in loss? No, no, was, was I, think, I think it was an open belt. Oh, it was okay. the first time they did the amateur. What wait? Uh, it's a one, I'm going to say, oh fuck. I'm going to say one, I'm going to say 125, I think. Okay. But, uh, and is then that bantamweight? Um, is that 135? What is that? Fuck it. Yeah, 135. What is this? 115? 115. Okay. What is 125? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. And be, before this guy calls into, I want to also give a shout out to uh, Manny the African Samurai Flores, who uh, did phenomenal. He's man. your guy. He's my guy. He fought this tough uh, Brazilian guy who was uh, he's a brown belt under me, Manny. And he's got, he's working, he's get nice striking, man. And, uh, and he and he's, he was fighting a Brazilian who's uh, also a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and who had some decent, had some good striking as well. And man, he put a man, man, he, I, I love this guy, man. He did phenomenal, man. He just he just laid this guy out with like a three piece, man. He started going to the body, coming up, and then boom, he landed an uppercut from hell. I'll show it to you later on. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tweet that thing out later on too and give Manny a little sure. props. Because he's just really a dude. That guy is uh, just a hardworking dude. And you like to see guys do well that put so much into it. You know, because this, this sport can be a heartbreaker. And when you see a good guy do well, he had his whole family there and stuff. It just makes you really proud and happy for uh, that. That's great, man. You know? So I'm really happy for Manny and for Lauren. So, I mean, that was... And not for nothing. It was... It was um, I thought it was in Rawway, which is right over the bridge. But it was in fucking Fairfield or somewhere, man. I was a couple hours. But uh, it was well worth Were it. Were you late? No, I, I just I had an idea that where it was going to be because that's where these amateur events usually are. And but they're like, no, no, it's like an hour past that. So I found that out the day of. And what night? This was Saturday night. Okay. Man. Yeah. So that was my Saturday night. But yeah, you know, grabbed a couple of my buddies. We do a little road trip. Yeah. Corner some of my guys, and uh, what a, what and it was a good time. Good. So night. what do you say when she loses? Like it's got to be harder. Like especially after a good fight. What, like yeah. something gets knocked out, they get knocked out. But what do you say? You try to find the good moments and. Well, no. The thing is, this it's all about it's all about how they perform in there. Like and 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 it, like like the things I pointed out, the the fact that she made corrections, she was getting taken down a certain way, the the way I told right. you, and then and I told her, look, remember remember what we what we we talked about backstage because we just went over it. And you got to make your legs wider, like you're doing a split. Go away from that. Her head's on the one side. Get an unhook on the other side. Go elbow deep. Grab it to her shoulder. So there's certain ways to take it away. She started doing that immediately. And that's great. That's something you look for. You know, she made those corrections within one round. And she was in. She was in that fight. And I told her. She's got her head up high today. I told her. I just got off the, the phone with her. And I told her, uh, you know, she knows that I was proud of her. And she, and she should be proud. She didn't. Listen, I've got losses. But shit, I never. I don't I don't have any losses where I went backwards. I always right. went forward. You know what I mean? So she showed a lot of heart. The, the rest we could work on. Right. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's other people that go. Enough for nothing. Her last fight, she... You know, trained very hard, took the girl, the girl went to take her down. She took her down. She got caught in an arm lock real quick. Didn't even get the fight. You know what I mean? Right. In her last fight. It's one of those things. So for her to come back and, and even though she came up short, she was a fucking warrior. So, hey, man, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. And she, she shouldn't, she should hold, hold, hold her head up high. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I was going to say that if I didn't stutter. And, my, <laughs> and, and, uh, and Manny, uh, I already see him posting on Instagram and everything else. He's having his victory meals. Yeah, he's up to, good for him. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, what was it now? Meal six. He's just going from different diners and this and that. He's just enjoying it. Oh, yeah. It is. And what's so good about that, I remember, <laughs> like when I used to fight, man, I used to, you could eat bad for like, and, and it feels like it doesn't even affect you. You take a, a big shit, you still got your abs. You're like, 
like, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden it catches up to you one he day. Does. So he's going to have a few days like that. And then we're going to get that guy back on the wagon because uh, he might do something, that kid. Tough kid. You know, we were, I was, it's funny. I was in the, um, the train station with Matt last week. We were walking. And I had my, my jacket on, my regular. And Matt showed me how you choke somebody with your jacket on. Because like, he goes, oh, it made me laugh all weekend. Because he looked at my jacket. He goes, I see that. I'm like, what a gift. Like, as a fighter. Because you can just grab somebody and choke. Yeah. And I'm like, what a weapon. That is somebody's own coat. That's fucked up to use somebody's own coat against them. Hey, my man, own coat's a weapon against it, me. I saw a clip. I don't know if you've seen this. It's fucking horrendous. Of a guy, I don't know what train it's on, and it's a, a, a guy beating up an older guy, and there's one other guy on the train videotaping it. Did you see this? Did anybody see this? No. And it's just, it's on the subway, and this guy's getting, it's an older guy getting manhandled and, and just beaten up, and, and again, the guy starts, he stops fighting, and the other guy's going through his pockets. And this guy's videotaping it. And then at one point, the, guy, and the guy's picking up his change and the guy who's attacking him. And the guy goes to him videotaping. He's like, you all right? And the guy's got his arms out. Like, what are you fucking, right. what do you mean am I all right? I'm getting, then the, then the, the doors open and everybody starts going in. And, and then the other guy takes off with his money. And I'm just like, this, this other guy should be fucking ashamed of himself. You know what I mean? Because sure. this thing's going around. I mean, you don't, you know I mean? You don't got to be a fucking superhero, but man, Fucking jump! In. I mean, do something, man. It's hard, yeah, because people are scared. Like, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. People, people are scared. Oh God, what I would do to be in that in that guy's shoes? You would love to jump in. Oh, I'd be a fucking <laughs> five foot six Batman. I would jump right on that motherfucker and, and, and fucking suplex him. Yeah, they probably would. But again, if you're on the subway and you that might not happen if you object. Yeah. Matt, I mean, Matt looks a little bit like a cop anyway. Like, but they might not. They wouldn't. Yeah, fuck well, I mean, this. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. This other guy was fucking playing Steven Spielberg. Spielberg fucking videotaping, getting good angles. Yeah, poor old guy taking a beating. Oh man, it's brutal, man. But uh, did you ever see the video with a guy with the eight ball jacket? Um, yes, where he punches <laughs> that girl, but he 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 smacked her. Hey man, but she deserved it. She was hitting him with his shoes. A, and... That's such a weird weird line, man. You know, you always taught not to hit girls, this and that. But when they're attacking you, you like gotta that, hit. Fuck, yes. are you kidding me? Yeah, and he didn't even open, he, he open hand slapped her. And it was something maybe a little wrong with him, right? He had like a speech impediment or something. Like, oh. Yeah, but she, it was so she funny. She was making fun of his eight ball jacket. She was being awful and she was hitting awful, him. Awful. And then he's like, you stupid bitch. And he yeah. slapped her <laughs> after, after she yeah. smashed him with a bag of shoes. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I oh. see that. Yeah, I see that. I, I love that fucking, you stupid bitch. Stupid oh, was bitch. he yeah, like a big, I think a hat on. Yeah. He was found not guilty, by the way. They dropped charges because oh, wow. he was defending I, himself. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I didn't know that was even brought to. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, man. that That's great, man. Well, I like to hear that, you know, because that'll make him think twice before uh, putting your hands Fucking on Fucking with somebody else, yes. You can't put your hands on anybody, you know? Ever. You know? I, uh, you know, now we all know that Rhonda. Oh. I told you she texted me and said that she was going to announce she's fighting. Really? No. Okay. I just wanted to sound like I was in the know for a second. <laughs> it must be fun to be that guy. Right. She's uh, fighting. Uh, she's ranked number two. I guess uh, she's fighting Amanda Nunes. Is Amanda ranked number one? Well, she's the champ. Misha's one. Oh, yeah. right. So let me ask you, uh, what is Amanda's record? Uh, can we look I'm, that up? Yeah, I can look it up. I'm pretty sure she's undefeated. I think you're right. No, wait, no, 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 no. Amanda, no. she lost to Kat Zingano. Oh, that's right. And, uh, I just yeah, I'm a, big, right. I'm a big fan of Kat Zingano. 
And uh, she's tough. She's that's another one who's a tough. She. Am I thinking of Kowalkovic? Is she undefeated? Okay, that's Ooh, Kowalkovic. <laughs> but uh, what is it? Kowalkovic. She's uh, fighting. Uh, <clears throat> is that no oh, Kavalkovic? How do you say her name? I always fuck it up. The one who's fighting uh, Joanna. Joanna. Yeah. Yeah, Kowalkovic. Or you could say Kovalkovic. You say a couple different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Which way is right? I could say a bunch of different ways. Don't ask me. Say Smith. But if that fight, that fight with Amanda Nunes versus Cat was a great fight because I'll tell you right now. The, the opening round or I gotta I gotta see that fight again but but uh, but Kat was taking a beating in the beginning a bad beating and, but she's very she's she's a tough chick man and she ended up uh, turning the tables and getting the victory with that I wonder if that's her only loss we gotta see that is that a hang loose or do we have a phone no, we have oh. a phone call okay yeah. Chris the producer and a hang loose fuck yeah is this uh, Jared Watson yeah what's up hey buddy how you doing good how are you cool man Where are, you, are you in LA no we're in uh uh, Northampton, I think oh. Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Like what do you got a gig? You doing a gig up there? We yeah, we're in the middle of our fall tour, and our tour bus broke down yesterday, so we're kind of stuck here until uh, we. But luckily, we have a day off, so then we're trying to get up to like I don't know, upstate New York or something did, like that. Did it get stuck in the parking lot, or are you driving when it uh, broke down? <laughs> driving on the highway the brake the back brakes went out oh christ so did you hit anything no we just heard like he had to pull off we had to get a box truck and put all the gear in a box truck and then take the the crew had to drive to the venue an hour from where we were and then we just got ubers the band took ubers an hour to the venue and then we had to do all that stuff it was a lot a lot a lot had to go down yesterday for the show to go on, but the crew was awesome and made it work. Do people know who we're talking to? Yes. I want to make sure the lead singer know. of Dirty Heads, Jared no. Watson. We said it before. Oh, we oh did we say it before? Yes, we I know. I know who it is. Jared, how are you? It's Matt Sarah and, of course, Jim Norton. How are you, pal? You're doing so. You're Big on. Fan, you're, you're on the road. Oh, thanks, homie. Now, listen, man. I heard you're yeah. uh, you're training some jujitsu. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Oh, dude, Ian, Ian McCall, I've been training with a uh, little Uncle Creepy, and he won't let me get on the mat. He's scared of me on the mat. He's just been training me with mainly kickboxing. Oh, so you haven't done any jiu-jitsu yet? Yeah, yeah, I have, but we usually concentrate more on the kickboxing just because of the size difference. I mean, oh, Why is he scared of you on the mat? He's afraid he's going to hurt you or he's afraid you're going to hurt him? He's, he's afraid uh, I'm going to hurt him. I'm just talking shit. I'm actually terrible at jujitsu. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's right. Me too. <laughs> I just want Ian to hear this and be pissed next time we work out. Now, if you kickbox, you aren't you worried about getting like your face or your mouth kicked or something and not being able to sing? Yeah, that's probably something I should think about. We usually usually on the road, like nobody's allowed to snowboard or anything like that. Like if our drummer breaks his arm, right? You know, that's the, that's the tour right there. Or if our guitar player breaks his hand or his wrist or something, you know. But usually, I mean, when I'm working out, when I'm going to the gym with Ian, it's usually, um, you know, during our time off or whatever. No, I'm not that important. Just being a singer. Yeah. Now listen, man. Being in the whole. And first of all, I listened to some of your music before you came on here. Chris, the producer, was playing it for me, and I fucking dug it, man. Like, it's 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 a nice. weird mix of reggae and 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 how how would you? It's like it's alternative. It's alternative, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's the easiest easiest way to describe is we're an alternative band yeah. that pulls from like the reggae hip hop world. Yeah, it was fucking. What I was listening to was great. Was that the new one, Oxygen? What was I listening to? Oxygen. Yeah, yeah, man, it we was. Get you out to a show. I would love to, man. Let me know when you're in New York, man. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah, we'll but be there. We're playing. Uh, we're playing Long Island. We're playing Huntington, New York, at uh, the Paramount Theater. Hey, let me tell oh. you something. You know what that that is? That's five miles or so 
from my Huntington Academy. You tell me how long you're out there, and if you want a jujitsu lesson, you got one, homie, because I'm right there. Yeah, you let me know. Oh, yeah, yeah. On yeah, the yeah, house. Yeah, we'll be there in like a, I think I think we'll be there in a week or two. Oh fuck yeah, man! Chris, make sure he gets my information after this, man. I'll I'll give you. Ian might just be doing a stand up with you. I'll show you some fucking Uma Plata's. We'll have a good time. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, man. Being a, a, a you know the whole rock star life, you used to be a big partier, from what I'm hearing, and you got you had some addictions yeah. that you overcame, and you overcame that shit without therapy. You did you use the training as therapy? To help you overcome that? Oh, 100%, 100%, yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, 15 years of, like, it started, like, when I was just in high school, just being, uh, like, growing up skateboarding or whatever, surfing, just, like, being in that party scene in high school. It was like, that's what we did. And then I got in a band, and then it, that's totally acceptable, you know, to just party all the time. And then I was just that guy that you want to go have a good time with you go hang out with me and you know you'll come home three days later without any money and your girlfriend will be mad at you, you know? <laughs> so then then it turned like 15 years down the road i'm just damaging my body and just destroying my body for so long but i'm not even thinking about it so then when i stop and i realize holy shit this is really bad you know, this isn't normal and i'm trying to get i'm trying to repair that damage like you know you wanted a i wanted like being a human being, it's just what's easiest, what's easiest, give me a quick fix. I went to all these doctors, you know, I, I got sober, and like, well, the definition of sober, I just kind of, I don't drink alcohol, and I don't take pills anymore, but if it's natural, I'll still smoke weed, or I still use like CBD, THC products, especially for repair after working out, I'll still eat mushrooms, you know, while I'm camping or something like that, but I just, I was full-blown alcoholic, full-blown addicted to pills, you know, didn't even see it coming. And, you know, years down the road, you're just, I've destroyed my body, right? So I go to these doctors and everybody just wants to put me on an antidepressant. And I'm like, I don't want to get on a fucking another drug. I don't want to get another pharmaceutical drug when I just had a problem with that. And I don't think that's going to fix the problem, right? I'm Let me ask you a question. Were you afraid it would hurt your creativity? 1,000%. Like, uh -huh. I, you know, I've heard from so many people, oh, I got on an or my, my sister or my girlfriend or my brother or whatever got on antidepressants and they were just a fucking zombie, right? right? So I was like, no. I was like, no matter what, I'm not doing antidepressants. I would tell every doctor. None of the doctors really wanted to, like, help find a holistic way or alternative way for me to, like, kind of, I don't know, just become happier, become normal. They just wanted to put me on a drug. And they kept telling me, oh, you're going to have to go through three or four of these antidepressants to find the one that's going to work for you. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this isn't the answer to my problem. So I kept, so I started reading, right? Then I started researching the brain. Why, so why is my brain doing this? Why am I depressed? Why am I, okay, I've damaged it. You know, the, the happy factory up there is not making what it used to. It's not dumping the same things. And, uh, and I kept reading, kept seeing two things that were super fucking simple and it was exercise and diet. And I was like, no way, there's no way something that simple could help. And so I went probably six months or something. I tried, you know, things I, I never did rehab or anything like that, but for six months I was fucking miserable, like literally miserable thinking about, I never really like thought about suicide, but like I could understand why people would think about suicide sure. or like, I've just never been that depressed, never had that much anxiety, just in a really fucked up spot. Like, withdrawals, just depressed, doesn't want to, don't want to talk to anybody, don't want to do anything, don't want to write any songs, don't want to see my friends, don't want to fucking do anything, just the lowest of the low, right? I keep reading about exercise and diet. I'm like, all right, you know, that seems really easy, I'm going to give it a try. So I went to the gym, and for the first time that hour, 
I remember not thinking about anything for a whole hour. And then afterwards, I remember like feeling good for a couple hours. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually working. So I started going to the gym, started just training, um, just weight and strength training, like probably six days a week because it made me feel good. So I was just swapping one addiction out with another. And then, but I wanted more, like it, something wasn't 100%. I was still missing something. And so I, I'd called Ian cause he had invited me to the gym a couple times. So I was like, Hey man, I'm, you know, in a rough spot, but I've been noticing that working out is really helping. And Ian got me into Timo Yama and we went into the gym and just like the controlled violence the, the, to get my aggression out, like not only just strength training, just like hitting shit, kicking shit, like the discipline, the, the footwork, like really concentrating. It was very meditative for me cause you don't think about anything, right? Like, you go to the gym or you go work out or you train, that's the only thing you're thinking about. You don't have time to think about your problems or your issues or right. all this bullshit. Well, it sounds so like, it in a way, super, you remind me of super. Duff McKagan. You know, Duff McKagan had a similar story where he got sober and then he started kickboxing. And it's like it just it just adds this element, I guess, of being healthy to your life. And those endorphins kick in. Yeah. And you it, know? It's nice yeah, and endorphins. Yeah, so yeah, I know that I... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to, like, being an addict, like, be, like you're... I'm, yeah, I am trying to cheat the system because it is dumping the same, you know, <laughs> chemicals in my brain that drugs do, but it's good, but it's good for me. So who gives a shit? So I could do it as much as I want. You know, that's my reasoning for it. So it's like now I have something that makes me feel just as good as drugs. And I'm getting a, this, this euphoric high where I remember the first time I worked out in, it's like, I like one of my toes, I broke one of my toes on the mat. I fucking, you know, it was the first time I was really going in and kicking a heavy back. So your shins are fucking, your shins are achy. Your feet are achy. My toes broken. He had been beating up on me. I'm sweaty. It was an, you know, an hour and a half where he had to, you know, I had to keep my hands up or he'd hit me with the fucking stick, whatever. And by the end, I was throwing up, broken toe, laying there sweating, and I'd never felt better. Like, I, awesome. I hadn't felt that happy in fucking forever, you know, because... It was a natural high, and you know, it was like I was kind of punishing myself, but kind of getting the demons out. So it was just like a very cool thing to where I don't know if it would work for everybody, but it worked for me. Um, getting sober, I feel like the gym and you know, kickboxing, the MMA, and and strength training. That was that's it. That's it for me. And now you know, I do it. You know, probably four or five days a week when I can on the road. Probably three or three times a week on the road. But when I'm home, I'm in there as much as possible. That's awesome. And so you're so you're pretty much sober. I mean, you do enjoy some weed and mushrooms. You said. Yeah, I don't consider them really a drug, though. You know, it's a plant yeah. that you dry out. You there know, you go. It's, it's more medicinal than anything. I've been actually getting these kombuchas with THC and CBD in it. You know, the CBD stuff for like muscle recovery and shit like that. It's yeah. a non-psychoactive part of, of THC. And that's been fucking phenomenal. You really don't get high. It just takes the aches and pains away. And that's the shit that's like curing epilepsy and little girls that are having, you know, a hundred seizures a week are taking CBD that comes from the cannabis plant and then they have zero seizures. So it's like, can I really sit here and say that that's a drug? You know, no, it's a medicine. Can you get addicted to anything? Yeah, but that I don't have that in me. I've never really had that. You know, I can responsibly smoke weed or I can responsibly take, you know, a THC kombucha. I've never had a problem with it. What kind of a drunk were and you? Mushroom. Were you a happy it's drunk like or were you a nasty drunk? Yeah, super, super. No, no, I wasn't like, I wasn't like blackout, like let's go fight, break windows, like like nobody want like piss your pants nobody wants to be around you like i was super just super fun like 
it, booze was an upper for me. So okay. I wasn't like, I wouldn't get like blacked out and fall asleep. It was like, we would stay up and party for three days, you know? And it was a really good time. But it's cool. I'm stoked that I got to go through it, you know, like really, really, I probably partied in the 15 years that I was really going hard, harder than most people will party in their 80 years of life or whatever, you know? So you got it out. Yeah. You got it out of your system and you've moved on. And the new single, I've seen a lot of shit. (laughs) What's that? And the new single is called oxygen and where can people get it on iTunes or yeah. iTunes, Spotify, yeah, every, everywhere. All the streaming sites and all the downloads that you can get it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jared Watson, lead singer of the Dirty Heads. When you're in town, come yeah. in and see us in person, man. It was fun talking to you. And uh, take me up on that. If yeah, you want to yeah. come do some jujitsu, bro, I'll get you the information. You come down and, and visit me, man. I'm right there. I'm right on Jericho Turnpike. I'm down the block from where you're going to be playing. Perfect. Um, the number that we called in, we have different numbers to get a hold of you guys. So we'll do that, yeah. Yeah, Chris, the producer, chime in. Yeah, I'll set. Yeah, no problem. I'll get in touch and I'll, I'll set it up. Yeah, man, we'll hang out, dude. Yeah, we'll, we'll do All some right. arm locks, bro. Yeah, boys, I appreciate it. Yeah, get you out to the show and I'll try and come to the gym. That'd be rad. That'd right, be good, good luck with the uh, tour bus. Still help you make your gig. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, appreciate it. All right, Jared, take care, man. Take care, bro. Jared Watson, uh, lead singer of the Dirty Heads, and the uh, the new single <clears throat> Oxygen is out right now. And like you said, I always ask where to get it because yeah. I figure it's iTunes, but you never know. Just when I, the first time I say it's on iTunes, I'll get screamed at. Like, no, we don't do it there. Yeah, you want to play it safe with that. But I like what he's doing with that. And I did something similar. Not you know, I wasn't into all the um, you know drugs or anything. Nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. But I had some crazy anxiety when I was around like eighteen or nineteen or something. I don't know what was going on with me. But I used jujitsu to get over that shit, and I really did my training, and uh, I got through it. Well, you know, know, when he says like he was a happy drunk, I'm amazed at that. I was a miserable, oh yeah, blackout, called the FBI drunk. Yeah, oh, were you? Yeah, I was a real creep when I was young. I admire anybody that could be a happy drunk. I'm a horny drunk. Oh yeah, (laughs) my dick was worthless when I was drunk. It's worthless sober. It was even even worse drunk. (laughs) It was like a wet almond. That's what my dick was like. Soft wet almond. (laughs) Somebody says noodle. You say almond. Yeah, wet little almond. That's great, man. All right, look. Here's a question for you. Have you ever lost or thought you lost your phone? Yes. How awful is that? I mean, even if you found it in five minutes, it's a torture-filled experience. Your whole life. All your privacy is on there. Now, if you're like me, everything is on that phone. Well, guess what? Identity thieves know that too. If Chris, Matt, and Jim know that, so do they. And when your lost phone winds up in the hands of an identity thief, it can be the beginning of an unmitigated disaster, emotionally, financially, even physically, that could take years to unravel and unwind. That's why I decided to help protect myself with Identity Guard. Identity Guard, you get protection from a company that's been in this business for over 20 years and they've helped protect more than 47 million people. You can be protected as well. Identity Card continually monitors millions of transactions and articles and sends you the news, guidance, and tools you need to minimize your risk. Plus, if you ever become a victim of identity theft, Identity Guard's victim recovery specialist will be there to help you through the recovery process. Look, in this, in this day and age where all information is so easily passed and so easily transferred, it's very, very important to protect yourself. Identity Guard even offers identity theft insurance with coverage of up to a million dollars. So get the identity theft protection service that's right for you. Visit Identity Guard at identityguard.com slash podcast. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra.
Now, what's the best thing you bought for three ninety nine? Now, if that's three hundred ninety nine dollars, I have a lot of great answers. Yeah. But three dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh, that's a whole other story. I don't have any good answers. However. Uh huh. CISO. Ooh, CISO. That's the answer. Spelled S E E S O. It's the new and here's important ad free streaming service with a nearly endless supply of top shelf comedy. Literally months worth of exclusive originals, stand up, next day, late night, a great catalog of classics. Every episode of Saturday Night Live ever, Fallon and Seth Meyers, the day after air. Oh, shit. Most people don't watch that the day they air, the moment they air. It's the day after you watch it. Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, Saved by the Bell, even British comedies like The Original Office, the genius that is Ricky Gervais, one of my favorite creations ever. It's a masterpiece, The Original yeah, Office. Yeah, you watched that? It, it's a fucking masterpiece. I've been through The Original Office probably 40 times. And now, how is that compared to The Other Office? Well, you know, Ricky uh, exec produced The New Office, and it is good, but The Original is just, it's, it's probably the best acting I've ever seen in a sitcom. It's only 12 episodes plus a special at the end and that's it. That's it. That's it. Six season one, six season two, special at the end and they are the most believable characters ever. And you, you can get that on CISO? On CISO, all of them. Uh, and there's also the entire Monty Python catalog. Oh. They also got plenty of specials from stand-up comedians before they made it big. Why not just say Jim's friends? <laughs> Louis C.K., Hannibal Buress, Chelsea Peretti, oh. who's a comic genius if you've never seen Chelsea, Amy Schumer, Bo Burnham, many more. I mean, all funny, great comics. They, uh, I believe Stanhope just did one. My pal Doug Stanhope. Why is he not in the copy? <laughs> <laughs> they also have original shows like Funny as Hell. That, that's an original stand-up variety show. It's hosted by John Doerr, and it has uh, great comics like Jim Jeffries. It's got Garfunkel and Oates, who are very funny. We've interviewed them on uh, the radio show. T.J. Miller, Hannibal also, introduces fearless comics working today. And they're not afraid to use dirty words like uh, fuck and cunt. Oh, I love those words. Now, those are really good, especially if they're used as proper names. Now, if you're serious about comedy, get it? Wink, wink. You got to go to CISO, S-E-E-S-O, stream it anytime, anywhere, on any device, $3.99 a month. Try it free for two months when you use the promo code UFC at checkout. Now, the shows you can't go anywhere else from critically acclaimed original series like Take My Wife and Harm and Quest to all 40 years of Saturday Night Live. CISO is the only place that offers every episode ever made of the new episodes the day after they air. S-E-E-S-O dot com. Two free months with promo code UFC. So we were talking about Ronda. I want to talk about Ronda. <coughs> Let's uh, talk Ronda. about we that. Really gotten into. That's the huge fucking news. December 30th. The fight. I'm going to guess Vegas or no? Uh, Do you have any idea? Where that no, is? I don't think... It, actually, let me look. I'm sorry. I don't think it is in Vegas. I think it's somewhere else. And what is that? That's the New Year's Eve card, no? That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, wow. uh, she's fighting um, Amanda Nunes for the championship at 207. And uh, Nunes... This is her first... That's a tough first title defense against Ronda. And you know what's funny? A lot of people... Oh, no, been, it is at T-Mobile Arena. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. A lot of people have been... Um, well, not a lot of people, but the girls that are in that division... I think uh, Juliana Pena... Pena? Pena? Pena. Pena. Yeah, Pena. And, uh, and Chris Cyborg... They, you know, people are bitching about her. They feel like she's cutting the line or something to get that, to get right an immediate uh, title shot after losing to Holly. But I don't, hey man, not for nothing. She needed a break, but if she didn't need that break, she would have had a, she would have had a, a definite uh, immediate rematch. She should cut the line. When, yeah, you, I mean, when you're as big as she is and you're the champion and you've done it, she's done a lot for the sport. She's a huge, she's brought a lot of fans to the yeah. sport. She's dedicated. She's a fucking animal. She deserves to cut the line. Well, I mean, it's it's not. I wouldn't even say. I mean, it's, it sounds weird saying cut the line. Right, right, right. I think I said it, but, uh, but I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, she did. It's not like she's just getting off the couch and she. I mean, she hasn't fought in a while, 
But, I mean, what was it, four years where she was just hustling, busy, 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 fight after fight, and that's that's what the promotions for the fights and whatnot, and she was kicking everybody's ass. She was beating the crap out of everybody. She had a bad night in the uh, in, in the office with, uh, with, with Holly. So, you know, if it was, listen, like when Anderson Silva had that, he lost to, to, to Weidman that time, they gave him that immediate rematch, and they do that with the guys and, and, and the gals that are, or kicking ass for so long. They deserve that, you know? And um, not for nothing, after that, you know, whoever's next is uh, is next. But, you know, everybody's going to want to see that. Everybody's going to want to see uh, Ronda fighting for the title. Absolutely. Um, I know I want to see that. A cyborg is, is, is the wrong way anyway, isn't she? Yeah. They, if they do that fight, which I think, I believe Dana said that that's, they're going to make that happen, <laughs> you know, but, you know, eventually. But that would be at 140. That would be at 140 pounds. And, uh, would it be for the title? Oh, no, it can't be. It can't be, right. It can't be, you know, because it's the 135, uh, you know, they don't let you, they don't allow one pound over, you know. I almost think that they got to fight for the belt. Like, she's got to, she's just got to well, get down. I don't think it's more important that they, they just fight. Oh, you do. <laughs> See, for me, the title's the big thing. You I, think it's the fight? I think that's a fight that, everybody wants to they see do. but don't get me wrong this fight with amanda I, everybody's gonna want to see too because not for nothing ronda took out misha and she took her out twice and uh i believe the second fight was uh, a little more competitive than the first but you know in those fights you know misha had her moments um you know misha didn't have any and, and listen and you know misha you know you could say she got caught or whatever it is but man when she got that when she got hit by amanda we were there. Me and you yes, were there. You, she felt that. She, I mean, she, it is getting hit, and then it's getting hit by somebody who could really throw a punch. And she felt that, man. It, it. She got busted up right off the bat. She did not like, you know. And that's a girl that's got a lot of experience, Misha. You know. Sure. Now, side, now, re, I wouldn't mind seeing Holly against Ronda. Um, because that, that to me is a fight that even though it, Ron, Holly's lost twice and Ronda hasn't fought, oh, cool. she's still the only one. Again, after the Nunes fight, I'm g- saying let's just say Ronda wins. If she happens to win yeah. that fight, I do want to see Holly get another shot because as the champion who beat her, I think she deserves a shot at it. You know what I think would be a good fight also? The would rematch. Be, would be um, Holly versus Cyborg. <laughs> I think that would be a good fight. Why? You, well, you had, you gave a little. You're thinking about that. Yeah, I am I thinking think that about be, that. I, styles make fights. That's true. And don't get me wrong, Cyborg hits like a truck, but Holly knows. Holly has amazing footwork, um, and, and and she's very athletic. She's in. She's out. Uh, she has nice kicks, and and uh, that would be. A, I think that would be a very competitive fight. And uh, that would be very exciting. I, I I would love to see that fight. That, that's up there. You know, it would probably be good. I'm just thinking that if, if Cyborg got a hold of her, yeah. that that it would be uh, she'd have a harder she'd have a harder time with Ronda getting a hold of her than she would with Holly Holm. That's I, I don't think if th- Cyborg got a hold of her of, Ho- of Holly, I think that she would have an easier time with Holly on the ground than she would with Ronda. Oh, uh, wait, Cyborg that? would have an easier time with ho- if with she Holly. gets Holly oh, up against of, the cage and then gets oh, her, yeah, of course, yeah. But it's all about. I mean, Ronda, if she got a hold of. Uh, you know, she did get a hold of her in the center of the cage, but that's the whole point. She's hard to get a hold of, and she's uh, very athletic. And and uh, man, I, I think uh, I think we haven't seen the last of Holly Holm. Is, I hope she not. On the, is she on the radar? What's going on with her? She's probably doing a fight coming up somewhere. Does she have something sure coming up? Training. Well, she just recently lost, and so I think she's maybe taking a little bit of time because she yeah. just kept getting right back in there, right back in there. So I think she's yeah. taking some she time lost off two, to she kind lost of regroup. Two, two in a row. Yeah, Tamisha and uh, uh, Valentina. Yeah. Um, and, and not for nothing, yeah. Tamisha, she was doing very well until that one slip just up. Got choked and that's out, the yeah. game we play, you know? So, um, yes, Styles make fights. Ronda, I think, matches up with 99% of that division, you know, 
in her favor. You know what I mean? Like yes. just the way she fights. But I'll tell you, this Amanda Nunes, that that she's a very well-rounded fighter. She hits like a truck. This is gonna be this is an exciting fight. You know what I mean? A very exciting fight. And she has a let me read her quote. Oh, go ahead. Uh, this is I won't be able to do Amanda's voice. You know I do impressions. Go ahead. Uh, I can't do hers. <laughs> so I'll just do this. My message to to Rhonda is to say thank you. Ooh. This fight's gonna change my life, nice. my career, and I hope she's ready. I know she's a very tough opponent. But I'm the best in the world. I know I'm going to beat Ronda Rousey. I've been training for Ronda Rousey since my first fight in the UFC. I'm stronger than ever. I'm 100% that I'm going to beat Ronda Rousey. I'm 200%. She rethought it. She upped it an extra 100%. Is it possible? She no, said it's to- not. Okay. But uh, <laughs> is that it? Is that the end of the quote? That is the end of the quote. Oh, yeah. And then, and then she said, uh, there's no such thing as 200%. <laughs> no, I just said that. <laughs> uh, you know... That that fight, like on paper, I mean, the thing is this: it it's all about everybody wants to see how Ronda comes back. Yes. It's all about how you come back after a loss. You know what I mean? Sure. That that's just like I was talking earlier about one of my girls that fought. You know, the over the weekend, and she had that loss where she got an arm locked. She got arm locked in like ten seconds in her, and then she came back. She lost, but she had a battle. You know, she was battling. That's what that's what I want to see. I want to see how Ronda comes out when she gets struck. How does she handle getting hit right. after what happened that last fight? You know, um, and is she, how hungry is she? I mean, this, these are all the things that people don't want to you know find out the answers to. Yeah. Do you think the amount of time that Ronda took off, which is probably the right move after she got knocked out pretty bad, she took a lot of time off. Do you think that's why people are saying now, oh, maybe she doesn't deserve the shot? Like, but I think it's probably the right move on her part to step away a little bit and, and regroup, right? Yeah, I mean, look, she, I don't know how long after, but she had the freaking, she wasn't able to eat an apple. She, I remember she posted that somewhere when she was finally able to eat an apple. Because was it a broken jaw? They said no. I don't no. know if it was broken, but it could have been out of whack or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean, I had an injury where I thought my jaw was broke. It still clicks to this day. And that's I, it. That's fucking. Do that again. Oh my. I had that from a tough man contest at 18 years old. Wait, that wasn't you clicking your tongue? No. Oh my That's my God. fucking jaw. Jesus and man. I thought that thing was broke for sure. I couldn't even have a slice of pizza for a while after that. How long? You know, I don't. I was when I was 18 years old. It was like one of the worst concussions I ever got. I fought in a, uh, at a tough man contest here at the in the Palladium. I don't even know if the Palladium's still here in Manhattan. Yes. Mr. T was the referee. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit, Mr. T. And uh, it was 175 and up. I was like one of the smallest guys in there. I was 18 years old. Never sparred a day in my life. I, I laid out two guys, and the last guy I took a beating from, and I I, I lost the decision. But uh, that, that 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 sucked. If you break your jaw. Do they have to wire it shut, or is there another way they can do it? No, I think so. I think they have to wire it shut. But there's do. another way they could do it too. You know, if it was a certain kind of break. I don't know. You know, and I don't want to find out. I would no. hate that. I would hate that. I mean, the bottom line is this: I mean, we all wear underwear every day. What? You and I both do, Matt. Come on. Shit. Well, at least most of us do. Now it's time to try something better. You guys guessed it. Meundies. Oh, I love meundies. Me too. They love cre- them. They're phenomenal. So good. They've created the world's <laughs> most comfortable underwear with a blend of fabric that is three times softer than cotton. Twice how, many, as, how many times? Three times. Oh, my goodness. Twice as soft would have been impressive. Three times is amazing. Now, when you feel awesome from the inside out, you look awesome from the inside, from the outside in. Oh, that's damn it, I did right. it wrong. Damn no, it. that's good. <laughs> when you upgrade your undies game, everyone wins. You, the young lady you're with. Mm-hmm. Life just feels better in me undies. MeUndies is made from Modal. It's a fabric that's three times softer than cotton, as I've stated. Now, they have tons of colors and patterns, from classic to bold to adventurous. And the only brand 
to have matching pairs for men and women. So you could both put on your matchy MeUndies and go, look at us! And uh, with the girls I date, there'd be a lot more than just the MeUndies that matched. Now, um, all orders in the U.S. and Canada ship for free. If you don't love your first pair, MeUndies is going to pay you back and you can keep it for free. So there's no questions asked. You lose nothing. I tried my first pair and it passed the test. And now I have a monthly subscription. You could also score additional savings by purchasing a pack. Now, for a limited time, MeUndies is offering 20% off your first order at MeUndies.com slash UFC. Uh-huh. Now, if you don't love your first pair, A, you're stupid. B, it's free. You have no excuse not to try my favorite underwear brand. Make sure you go to MeUndies.com slash UFC to get 20% off your first order and use my link so they know that we sent you. It's important. Otherwise, Matt and I are going to get fired. That's right. Me undies. Me fucking undies. Yeah. All right, man. I'm, I'm reading up right. I'm, I'm looking over notes about Tim Kennedy. Our Tim Kennedy. I'm woefully unprepared today because I have such a headache. <laughs> a caffeine headache yesterday. That's so funny, man. I had one this morning, man. I, didn't, I flew home. I didn't drink coffee yesterday because I had a flight from Reno. with connecting yeah. flight. And I get sick if I drink coffee before a plane ride. And uh, when you don't drink coffee, man, your fucking head is... I had a splitting headache. Because you didn't day. drink coffee. Yeah. Why didn't you drink coffee? I just get on planes. I don't. Um, Are you calling somebody now? Yeah, I'm going to call Tim Kennedy. Can I take a leak? Can I take you a leak? You don't ask. You just say I'm taking a leak. You're the yeah, boss. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll get him on the phone. All right, man. Let me take a piss. All right. Well, you're not even going to know that we took a break. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Here's the bottom line. Totally. You know, because we all have to go places. Of course. Now, you know about Lyft, right? What? Well, it's the app that gets you a ride in minutes. On demand, 24-7. And really, Matt, it's for less than the cost of a cab. Ooh. Most cabs. You never know. There might be one cab. That's, you know, if you feel like going to your next-door neighbor's house, that's different. Yeah. If you've tried Lyft, you know what I mean with Lyft. And it's spelled L-Y-F-T. You download the app. You request a driver. They show up about three and a half minutes. That's really, really fast. Every Lyft driver, and this is important, fully vetted through a 10-point safety standard, including criminal and DMV background checks. Now, you know you're going to get around safely and quickly. Lyft drivers are rated after every single ride, so only the best stick around. And you don't have to worry about getting into a filthy car with some creep because they know they're getting rated and they want to stay around, so they make sure that they behave themselves. With Lyft, you can tip in the app, which obviously leads to happier, more efficient drivers. I mean, come on, 9 out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating from the passenger. It's just a better all-around experience. Bigger is not always better. Do you know how many times I've had to say that? <laughs> Yeah, how many times I've had to like to say that to a laughing woman? Uh, Lyft isn't the biggest ride-sharing app, but it is the fastest-growing and it's the highest-rated, which is much more important. I'm talking about quality over quantity. Thanks to Lyft, you've got an easy way to avoid drunk driving. That's the great point. You know, you're loaded, you don't want to drive. Open your app, you call Lyft. You never got a bum a ride from one of your dumb friends uh, who's probably been drinking as well, and you don't have to worry about parking. How many times have you been late for an event? I'll be there at 7.30, 7.25, there's a long line because you can't get into the parking deck. You're late, you miss it. You're like, I suck. You know who's on time? The people who took a lift, you dope. A lot of people are actually getting rid of their cars and relying on Lyft to get around. And you know what I mean? I don't blame them. Right now, Lyft, L-Y-F-T, is offering our listeners a special deal. Get three free rides. That's up to $10 each. So that's totally up to $30 value when you enter promo code UNFILTERED. You download the free Lyft app today and enter promo code UNFILTERED in the payment section. You're going to get three free rides up to $10 each. Now, that can be up to a $30 value. That's promo code UNFILTERED. You have nothing to lose. 
I'm getting text messages. Oh, from who? Uh, Amy Schumer is at the Garden. I want to say it is tonight. <clears throat> Tuesday night. I believe it's tonight. And she is inviting us to go. Oh. And Colin Quinn, who's also on the text, can't go because he's got a gig. And Keith Robinson, who's on the text, is going to go. And I'm debating. So you said us. It's you and your buddies. It's not. I'm, I'm not in that at all. Not like, oh, that guy you were. Oh, no, but I'm sure you'd be welcome to come if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, uh, Amy's know. a good egg. I don't want to be a plus one. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I'm single. <laughs> I need a rugged companion to escort me. You know, if she would have been like, are you going to bring the stocky guy, your, your friend from the podcast? But she didn't ask for me. I don't expect her to ask for me. Who the fuck am I? Well, she didn't ask for me, though. I was just in on a mass text. You were she just, she was just polite enough to not take me off it. You were Collins plus one? No, you're, you're tight with her. Hello? Hey, this is Tim Kennedy. Hey, Tim. It's uh, Matt Sarah and Jim Norton. How are you, buddy? What's up, Tim? I'm spectacular. Cool. Are you in, uh, you in California now? No, I am in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, you're training. Did you have to lobby to get on uh, 205, or did they call you? They called me. Yeah, because it seemed like, that's great, man. It seemed like everybody was really fighting hard to get on this car. This is a, a really, really high visibility place to be. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, but I'm on the undercard for the first time in like 10 years, so... Um, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, Rashad. I mean, Rashad uh, has also been the main event in plenty. It's just one of those yeah. things where it's so talent-packed, three championship fights. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's just from top to bottom. It's, it's. I think it's the best card they've ever put together, actually. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm kind of bummed I'm on it because I'd want to watch the whole entire thing, and I don't really watch UFC fights anymore. Um, but this particular card is so unbelievable that you you don't. Even, there's not a single fight that you don't want to see. And, Oh, I'm sorry. Jimmy. Oh, sorry, Matt. I was just going to ask, how come you don't watch anymore? Um, I, I don't have the time. You know, the uh, I've never been like a go to the fights type guy. Um, you know, it's it's always been very work for, for me. So, you know, if I'm watching fights, it's it's for a reason. It's because you know I'm I'm at a viewing party and I'm and I'm being paid to be there, or um, maybe one of the like I just watched this last fight with Michael Bisbing because I have an interest in it because I want to beat Michael Bisbing up again. Um, <laughs> so I watched that fight with Dan Henderson and because I'm such a Dan Henderson fan as I've known the guy for, you know, 15 years. And uh, so there's a little sentimental part to it, but you know, I, I probably white watch one or two UFC cards a year. Now you might be a little biased, but how'd you think that fight went? Do you, you thought that decision was just, I, I, I had a, a draw. Um, I, I had the first round as a 10-8. Um, and then I was pretty similar with the judges except for that first round. I don't think they give out 10-8s enough. When you when you put a guy down on the ground like that and you know he's saved by the bell when you're a punch away from finishing him, um, you know that, that's a 10-8 round to me. And uh, so I either had it as, as a draw. Uh, that fifth round was so close. I, I hate having to give anything to Michael Bisbing, but as the champion, yeah. um, I would just, because it was so close, I would give it to him. But it was, you know, three, three one way to another, except in my scorecard, I had a 10 8, which would be at a draw. Yeah, those 10 8s, it's funny because you can get like a guy who wins the round, barely wins it, and it's a 10 9. And then the guy gets the same kind of score for one where he obviously, that guy almost got that guy out of there. You know what I mean? And he gets a 10. Yeah. And he also gets a 10-9. And that brings me back to your last fight that I just watched before, um, not to bring up, uh, 
you know, painful memories. But man, you had Yoel Romero. I mean, that fuck. I just literally watched it before we went on air, just because I, I remember watching it live, thinking, "Oh fuck." But man, you had that guy. That guy was out. I talk about Saved by the Bell. Holy shit! Right. And that was some. And again, I know you're you're, you're probably over this, or maybe not. I don't know. But man, you that that whole shit on the stool. That was some bullshit, man. That really was. I don't want to rehash painful memories, but I mean. Was it more the fact that you think the guy was trying to get that extra time on the stool or just that he was playing dumb or, or what really, really just, or just not be, it just wasn't being fair. Or, what really irked you about that? Uh, he, he's a cheater and he cheated again. Um, you know, he wasn't saved by the bell. He, he was, he cheated. Um, you know, I, I can't remember in as 16 years as a professional fighter ever seen that yeah. happen in another fight. I've been a professional fighter for 16 years and I've never seen John McCarthy or a corner um, or a fighter sitting on a stool for, you know, 30 seconds a minute after the round starts. I mean, that's unbelievable. Should they have disqualified Uh, him, you think? Absolutely. No, not even, no, it's not even disqualified. If you don't answer the bell, that's a TKO loss. Oh, okay. That's how it works. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how the rules read. Um, and, uh, you know, he wasn't saved by the bell. He, he cheated. That's th- those are different things. And you were a you were a military guy. You were a Green Beret. And now, what years were you in the service? I'm still in. Oh, you are still. Uh, in. I came in. Yeah, I came in in uh, 2002. Uh, then went to basic training in like 2003. Got to special forces in 2004. And then, uh, then you know, been working for almost 15 years in special forces. Now, because of the shit you've seen in, in in the military, like, you know, obviously, you know, being in real life and death, you know, situations, does that make you more... Con- now, when you walk into the cage, obviously, it's, it's hand-to-hand combat, but is it... And, you know, it's violent, but is it just make it that much easier saying, all right, look, I'm not dying in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's a detriment to me. Um, you know, Greg Jackson and, you know, the coaching staff, they, they try to like, cause a little bit of anxiousness, uh, that apprehension is, is a good thing. You know, that, that, uh, that nervousness really spikes your, your awareness and adrenaline and all those things that are, that are very helpful in a fight. Um, I don't get those, you know, I'm, uh, I'm walking out there. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is cool. You know, I don't. I haven't got to fight in a little bit. This is going to be fun. You know, I don't. I don't get that anxiousness at all. And uh, so my coach is always, try, we, which means I end up doing a little bit longer of a warm up, so I can, uh, you know, so the blood can be flowing a little bit more. So it's uh, it's to such a degree that after the fight, um, you know, I'm so aware of everything. You know, I can I can tell you what the judges were wearing. I can tell you where the extra referees were seated. I can, if you go back and watch my fights, even the old Romero fight, um, as soon as the end of the round was over and I thought I had won, I walked straight to Dana White and was like, oh yeah, you know it, you're going to be paying me. That was a good fight. Um, Because I thought the fight was over. And uh, it's because I had saw him when I was fighting. Like I can, it's my, my wife actually has to hide during the fights because in my peripheral, I'll be able to pick her up and I'll see her. And it's a distraction. So, I have to be very, very focused. Uh, that probably made you a great Green Beret, by the way. That type of vision and that type of focus on everything around you. Yeah, it's really good for one occupation, um, and it's not fantastic for the other. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's good that I'm not super nervous because some guys I see in the back that are throwing up or punching walls or slapping themselves in the face. 
I just really don't have any of that. Um, I'm just, you know, maybe a little bit too relaxed. Were you in, uh, you said you went overseas and you said around two, I, I was in Iraq in 2004. Uh, perf- I, I performed and we performed for Green Berets in, uh, it was in Baghdad. I, I think it was Baghdad. It was in like, uh, they had all of Saddam's like uh, guns in a giant trailer, like the end of a tractor trailer. And they took us and they showed us his gold guns and his private collection of weapons. It was really surreal, the stuff you guys get to see. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds like Baghdad. Um, that guy had quite extensive collection. I've seen some pretty ridiculous gun collections in, 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 my, in my career, and uh, I've never seen a guy that had, like, full gold-plated AK-47s with jewels and sapphires and diamonds. I mean, he had diamonds as front sight posts on 1911s. You know, like, not little diamonds, not, not like, you know, half-carat things, like, Huge, gigantic, beautiful diamonds as front sight posts on guns. And we're just like, this is, this is unreal. Really cool. He really lived the life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he got hung. So Yes, he did. Uh, boy, they gave him a, a good hanging. Now, were, did you spend any time in Afghanistan, too? Yeah. So yeah. you had to deal with the right. Taliban. Because you, you said, I'm asking because on, you, you talked about PTSD, what I thought was a very, very uh, open and heartfelt kind of thing. And you said, uh, I'm asked daily about why I don't have PTSD. And uh, you mentioned that uh, you've had to kill kids and women during war. You've seen fellow soldiers burned alive. Like, you, you know, it's, it's how did you come out of that so unscathed? Uh, you know, you're, well, I'm not unscathed. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not, uh, I'm aware. You know, I, I know what those things, those experiences can do to somebody. And your ability to adapt to different stressors, um, you know, they, they call coping mechanisms. And I have a lot of them. I'm very healthy. I eat clean. Um, I don't drink. Uh, I have a lot of great friends. I have a wonderful family. I have a beautiful wife. I have fantastic kids. I have dogs. You know, I don't have any debt. All of those things contribute to kind of a um, a total, like on it says, total human optimization. You know, it's it makes my body very efficient to deal with stress. Um, and then once I experience stress, I have really good habits about how to be healthy and how to deal with it and how to talk to people about it. So even though I saw and did horrible things, because war is the worst thing that exists in in human nature, um, I'm not seriously damaged because I did all the things that you're supposed to do. And that's what that post was about. It was encouraging people to, you know, you, the, the guys that are drinking, the guys that don't exercise, the guys that um, are on all these different painkillers and antidepressants, but they're not doing anything to help themselves. Um, it's a slippery slope that they can never get out of. You know, they're they're already in the grave and they're just digging themselves deeper. So I was just trying to empower people and to to do what I do. You know, like if if, if I can be healthy um, after doing the things that I've done and seeing the things that I've seen, then um, you know anyone else can as well. What did you think of the whole uh, Chris Kyle Jesse Ventura? mess you know two guys in in, in the you know one uh i guess he was a navy seal was it was he a seal or special forces guy chris kyle chris kyle was a navy seal he was um, a navy seal did you believe him yeah. I, at first i kind of believed him and then i heard jesse ventura's explanation i'm like ugh, jesse seems like he's telling the truth yeah i think i think there's a little bit of embellishment on both sides um i i think it was uh is kind of belittling uh, what happened on Jesse Ventura's side and, and somewhat of an exaggeration on Chris Kyle's side. Um, Jesse Ventura was, was in Chris Kyle's defense, was not all the things that he said he was. And so there's definitely some 
exaggeration or fabrication or lying on on his part. But then Chris Kyle saying that they went and had this altercation that it doesn't sound like it went down the way that he said it did. Then, you know, like, uh, now, now we got two different fishermen saying they, got, they caught a five-foot-long fish, you know? Right, yeah. Now, let me ask you, uh, Rashad Evans, you're welcome, welcoming, welcoming, well, say it again for me. Uh, Matt, Matt wanted to say welcoming? you're welcoming him to the middleweight division. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> How'd you know that? Well, there's only other place to get welcome to. <laughs> damn, man, do I stutter at every freaking word? But, uh, yeah, is his first time at middleweight. Uh, how do you think you match up with Rashad, man? What, what's your thoughts on Rashad? I think we really complement each other. I think we have a, a really great opportunity to put on a fantastic fight. I've trained with him. Um, he is a very well-rounded martial artist. He has good boxing. He has great wrestling. He has um, fantastic submission defense. And, you know, he has he's such a veteran with such a vast amount of experience that, um, you know, I think we match up well. Uh, you know, obviously he doesn't want to be on the ground with me. Um, I, you know, if, if I were him, I would try to sprawl and brawl my way to a decision because you know I don't I don't think he can knock me out. Um, so there's there's a lot of potential there for a, for a fantastic fight. Um, I think he underestimates my hands. You know, I don't think he knows what you know. We, as training partners, we're not blasting each other. Um, yeah. And uh, I think um, you know he's going to remember what I was like in the training room and 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 not remember that we're actually in a fight. And now you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu on the Hoyler Gracie, correct? Yes. Oh, that's wild, man. You spent a lot of time with Hoyler, or was it with uh, one of his black belts? Uh, Paulo Brandao is, is my jiu-jitsu coach, and I've been with him for five years. You know, I started doing jiu-jitsu when I was in middle school. Oh. Um, so I've been doing it for forever. It was a Japanese jiu-jitsu at first. That was my first belt. And, um, and then, you know, I got my brown belt from Hoist Gracie in 2004. Oh, wow. And then, uh, you know, got my black belt through Hoyler and part of Gracie Humida's team. And, uh, you know, I actually did half of my fight camp in Austin, Texas with, um, you know, with my, my grappling portion being at Gracie Humida. So, so it'll be the, a fun time to go into a UFC fight where I was able to do, um, some of my training at, in, at my home gym. Yeah, and now do you still uh, you still you mess around with the gi at all anymore? Any off season or anything? Or yeah, you, off season a- I'm in, I'm in gi as much as I'm in no gi. So you know the the four or five times I grapple um, or not you know not class but where I'm actually like rolling, um, you know it's two times in a gi, three times no gi, or three times in a gi, two times no gi, something like that uh, in, in a given week. Um. And then when, you know, the closer you get to the fight, you know, obviously I haven't been in a gi in six weeks, but uh, I, I really love jiu-jitsu. Uh, I'm passionate about it, and, um, you know, I think it is one of the dominant martial arts on the planet. So it's, it hasn't gotten a fair shake in the UFC in the past few years. The way the matchups have gone, it's underwhelming to see a master like Damian Maya go in and do what he does to somebody that doesn't really appreciate what jiu-jitsu is. You know, where I see Damian Maya go in there, and I'm like, man, that is masterful. That is beautiful. That is complete yes. domination in every single way. I feel the same way, man. And there's so many uh, fights that are just waged on the floor where it's like, I, uh, one that comes to mind is um, uh, Damian Maya versus Gunnar Nelson, Damian Maya versus Jake Shields. Those fights were those fights were fantastic, and they were on the They're floor. unbelievable. Right? Yeah. You see that, yeah. Jimmy? I, um, I feel the same way, man. But I guess if you're not... 
as much. I mean, I can understand they're not doing rock'em sock'em, but man, it, it it is. It is such a. I mean, the skill they're using. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Both those fights that I just mentioned, that people watch them on Fight Pass, they. Uh, they should have a greater appreciation of the ground because and, and jujitsu because, oh, man, it, it is a, such a chess game when these guys are fighting. Right. And Damian Meyer is just a thing of beauty to watch when he's fighting. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's a treat. It's going to be, you know, I know he's in the, the twilight, maybe one more title fight in his, uh, in his career coming up here. But, uh, you know, he has been and has, you know, fighting the, for the 185 title and losing against Anderson. Um, you know, he has just been this perennial contender uh, it's it's going to be sad when he leaves, but hopefully, you know, he wins the title and um, and puts Jiu-Jitsu back on the map the same way Lyoto did to uh, Karate. Exactly. Well, I love the way you use your Jiu-Jitsu too, man. You got that tight passing that I always love, and and leads to back takes and mounts and and uh, I, I, man, I'll tell you, you know, I don't think you get enough credit for your ground skills, but but also you possess the power standing up, which is another really. Uh, a positive uh, thing when you're fighting because, you know, the guys are worried about you taking them down. You could blast them also. So I enjoy your fights, buddy. Yeah, Tim, I, and that Romero fight, sorry, man, wasn't there like 16 seconds left in that second round or something oh, shit, when, yeah. you, you really, yeah. when you really bashed him into almost unconsciousness? Fucking up, cut him from hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, you know, I just don't have anything. I have so many nice things to say about so many different people. Um, <laughs> Romero's not one of them. You know, like from PDs to, uh, you know, what what he's done in the ring from kicking guys in the balls, grabbing the cage. You know, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that he gets to fight Chris Weidman. I don't think yeah. it's fair to the rest of the, the division. Yeah, well, don't worry about that. We're planning on taking him out. <laughs> I'm biased as shit because I'm Chris's guy. But uh, we're looking forward to that, and Chris is looking phenomenal. You know, and, but, awesome. but listen, like you said earlier, like when I used to fight, when I was a prelim, I I couldn't care less, man. I actually like being a prelim because I get it over with, and then I'm chilling watching the rest of the fights. Is does it bum you yeah. out that you're on the undercard? Because this is a this not, card is from, you know, stacked. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because I get to fight early. So here in um, Albuquerque, my training times for my nighttime training, instead of like being the main event where I'm having to train at hell, you know, nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night, um, I'm getting to train at six o'clock. And, uh, and that, so that's awesome. And, uh, and then being in New York, I'm going to be what the second or third fight of the night. And then I'm going to get, I'm, I'll have cage side seats for in, you know, at Madison square gardens. And I'll be able to enjoy the first card in New York city at Madison square gardens with the biggest fight card in the UFC's history. And uh, I will not only have competed in it, but then I'll get to enjoy it the rest of the night. That's awesome. Jimmy, I hope you get tickets. I, I'm look. I'm. I, I just. I texted Dana. I've not heard back. I actually put after my text. I wrote, "It's Jim Norton." I had to make sure he knew it was me. I really hope I can get in and see this. And, and you mentioned training at night. I never knew you guys would train around the time of the main event. That never occurred oh, yeah. to me. Like I know when you go to Australia, you have to switch. But yeah, I guess if you're fighting in main event, it's a, it's a ten thirty or eleven o'clock. You're going to start fighting. Yeah, I mean, so like it's you know no, normal training times for guys are five six. 7 p.m. at night, you know, uh, but then you're a main event guy that you're going to be fighting at 11, 11 p.m. Um, for me, my body normally at 11 p.m. That's I, I, I've gotten home from training. I've grabbed a bite to eat. I'm hanging out with the kids, putting them to bed, have taken a shower, maybe watching a show with my wife, uh, you know, definitely the wrapping down of the day. And that's what yeah. my body's used to. Um, then all of a sudden, 
six weeks later, you're supposed to be fighting, and your body's like, oh, wait a second, I thought I'm supposed to be going to sleep right now. <laughs> so just all, like all things in the sport, you have to condition your body to get to to be able to handle what it's what it's supposed to do at that given time. So now what will you do? Will your wife just kind of let you go to bed and sleep in later, or do you stay away from home so the kids don't wake you so you can get on the schedule? No, no. Um, well, that's the, one of the great parts about on this specific fight is I'm fighting earlier, so I can't, I'm, almost, I'm almost on a normal schedule. Um, when uh, Before, with main events and, and being later in the cards, uh, you know, I would, I would I'd almost put the kids to bed you know, at like nine, ten o'clock, and then I would go off and train um, one more time that night at ten, eleven o'clock. Come back at midnight, go to bed, and and um, you know the only thing I would miss is normally I get to see the kids off to school or hang out with them at breakfast in the morning. Um, I would miss that because I would sleep in. You got, okay. Do you have young kids or? Yeah, I have. I have a. I have a baby boy, and then I have a teenage daughter. Ah, oh, you spread it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah yeah that was a great plan <laughs> that's great now are you, are you are you i don't know if they're old enough to to meet boys yet but are you like a tough father when when they bring when someone comes over to meet your daughter are you, are you like a, a grill them type guy yeah i mean they, they all know who i am and uh you know <laughs> you call my my daughter's cell phone right now and says i have reached you know my daughter's name and then it's uh you know th- this is her father obviously this isn't you know who my daughter is and uh, I'm, a, I'm a special forces sniper i'm a ranger i'm a green beret i'm a ufc fighter uh, if, if this is a boy trying to get a hold of my daughter, you should hang up now before I come and find you. Uh, <laughs> if this is one of Sabrina's friends or a family member, you're more than welcome to leave a message. Um, let me revisit that this is, if this is a boy, I will find you. That's great. And, Holy uh, shit. So that's their, that's their voicemails. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you, you're one of the stars of the uh, History Channel's uh, Hunting Hitler, and they got season two mm. premiering on uh, Tuesday, November 15th at 10 p.m. What exactly that sh- what is that show about? <sighs> Nazis. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So after, after <laughs> World War II, there were a lot of them, and um, some of them went to Nuremberg trials and then went and died and got hung, like Saddam. Uh, and then a lot of them didn't, like the vast majority of them. Uh, after things started going poorly during World War II with the Russians, uh, they knew that they are going to lose the war. So they started preparing for their life after the war, and they started smuggling out gold and money and Paintings. investments and buying property all over the world. And uh, we go and we, we find those dirt bags. And, um, you know, if, and kind of the, the, the avenue that we're going down is if all of these high-level guys could do this, why couldn't Hitler? If, um, and then we go specifically into the, the evidence that we have of what happened to Hitler and supposedly him dying in the bunker uh, in 1945 and, and showing that that really doesn't, from from a, an investig- investigative perspective, none of the evidence supports that. Um, it's like something happened, uh, and like Benghazi, what, you know what, what happened in Benghazi, and then you know for for weeks afterwards, like oh no no, this guy in California made this stupid video, right. and that's that's why that's why it was like a riot there, and that's why our ambassador got killed, and that's why all those Americans died. And then, you know, two, three, four weeks later, we find out that it was, it was a coordinated terrorist attack with the intent of killing our ambassador, uh, which is completely different than some riot involving a videographer in California. Um, it's kind of like that, where Hitler, the end of the war happens, the Russians and Americans get into Berlin, and, uh, and the United States is like, oh, man, we're going to be fighting the Red Menace. That's who we're fighting next. Is we're, the Cold War is coming. So Hitler has to... This whole Hitler World War II um, 
thing has to end. And uh, so here's the story. He died in the bunker. And there's no, but there's nothing that supports that. Oh shit! The Didn't they find the a body cab. or no? Yeah. So the body they recovered that they had that they've said for the past seventy five years has been Hitler is actually a woman's body. So like the skull that the Russians have in Moscow, they genetically tested, and it's not Hitler. It's unless Hitler was a transvestite, which is possible. Sure. But I... um, uh, the, the 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 skull Hitler's skull is a female. So let me ask you, do so, you think that he might have went to Brazil? I mean, I know, didn't Mengele escape to Brazil? I know some of those guys, a yeah, lot of them actually got so away. I, no, dude, I thought most of them, most of them got away. Not some of them, most of hey, them. Hey, what do you think of so I, Joseph Mengele? Uh, sorry, go ahead, buddy. He's evil. That guy, that guy is the embodiment, the personification of what evil is. You know, torturing, um, raping, murdering, you know, finding young Jewish twins and separating them and torturing one to see if the other would feel it. I mean, that guy, the angel of death is what they called him. He died of old age in Brazil. He went to Argentina, he went to Chile, and then he died, and they found his journal. And he's like, oh, I've been living on the beach. You know, I have a new wife, a Brazilian wife. I have this farm. And, uh, And that's like one of the most evil humans that our species has ever had. He was a fucking monster. Of old age. Hey, how yeah. about Ivan Demyanyuk, the uh, the Detroit auto worker? Do you think that he was? Remember, there was that whole controversy uh, ten years ago. Whatever they said, he was a Nazi. He said he wasn't. Uh, I think he was. Is he still alive? You no. Know, yeah, he is still alive. And and uh, and Kurt Waldheim was a Nazi, or he was rumored to be, or no? He was rumored to be. I don't. I don't remember uh, what they ever. I don't remember what happened to him. Because it's harder to prove. You know the paperwork trails. We're not what they, you know what I mean? It's like now records are kept so easily and stuff like Benghazi or everything, you know, information is transferred so differently these days. It just kind of pops up. Um, but back then it was a little harder for information to make it from point A to point B because it was, you know, it, it was so much of it was written down and was burnable. Yeah. Uh, it, I can't tell you how many times we got to an archive or a library and, um, and we're like, hey, we're looking for this specific file. And they're like, oh, Man, we had a fire in 1952, and it burnt, um, you know, all the files from give or take a year. Like, it may have happened like 20 times, and obviously it's not an accident. You know, like, they're covering their tracks. Um, But the places that we – so, you know, season one, it was the biggest show on the history uh, channel for the the world. It's one of the top five for the United States. Um, Season two is insane. The things that we found and the, the things that they that I got to do, um, I, I think are going to blow people's mind. Like you just can't wrap your head around what happened as what and even what is still happening. It's not over. Wow, what a fun what a fun show that must be to go around, especially with something so historically significant to to be involved in that and to get like real information from people and they like you know things that most of us would want to ask these people or officials. You get to ask them. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, but, they, you know, they lie to me. The sure. only problem is I know when they're lying. You know, it's one of the reasons why they hired, you know, the, the group of guys that did this from investigative journalists to, you know, Mike Simpson, another special forces guy that's now a doctor, myself, you know, as, as like having done countless interrogations on the battlefield. Like, don't lie to me. I'm, I'm going to know. And uh, so when I go in and interview these people, I actually went to a hospital in Chile that was built by Mengele, mm. the angel of death. Like, he built that hospital and then go in and talk to these people and they're like oh these are all the great things that we did we're here to help the community and i was like 
bitch, please. You know, like, <laughs> I know you're lying to me, and I know who built this place, and I know what you did here. Uh, so it's crazy. It's going to be cool. And what, Watch it. And uh, I'm, I'm reading here about uh, this movie. Now, I don't know if you're into acting, but you have to act like yourself, I guess, because you're playing yourself in Range 15 alongside oh, Sean man. Astin, Randy Couture, William Shatner. Is that something? What, what, what is that? So uh, I, I'm one of the owners of a company called Ranger Up. It's a, it's a military apparel line. The, our biggest competitor is this other military apparel line called Article 15. Um, well, the owners of that company and our company, we're like super good friends. Oh. And um, so we, they, and us got together to make a movie. Like not a movie that we go to the Hollywood studios and be like, hey, we want to watch a movie or we want to make a movie and they tell us how to do it. We're like, this is the movie that we want to make. And it was a movie about veterans, four veterans doing veteran things that are, you know, with veteran humor that's inappropriate and offensive and, you know, politically incorrect and, you know, sexist and racist. Every single ist that you can put into a movie, we put into our movie, and it's a zombie horror film. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. With a bunch of Special Forces Ranger guys. And you get to hang out a with comedy. Danny Trejo and Shatner. How'd you get Shatner for that? That's just great. <laughs> Shatner's, dude, that guy is hilarious. Everybody that was in that movie asked to be in it. Danny Trejo, Randy Couture, William Shatner. And we had Billy Bob Thornton. We had, we had tons of A-listers. And that was a testament to, to not all of Hollywood, because um, we actually hate Hollywood, and they were trying to stop us from being able to make this movie. But some of the people in it have such a heart for the military community and wanted to be part of it, wanted to help. And, uh, and it ended up being an amazing movie. So uh, I fight Randy Couture, who is actually a zombie in the movie, in like kind of the the climatic battle, and um, and I'm naked, so that's great uh, when I fight Randy. Um, Jesus, but it's it, it is a it is a comedy. Hope there wasn't a lot of jujitsu in that scene. <laughs> Hopefully, you worked your striking in that one. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean I'm a big fan of North South, you know, so I really nice. That'd be the worst, a pair of zombie balls in your face. <laughs> and where could we see that? When's that coming out? Is that going to be in theaters? or? Um, that was in theaters for over the summer. It came out like 4th of July, Oosh. so July, August, September. And now we're iTunes, Amazon. Uh, oh. man, we're, we're the number two movie on iTunes for like months. Oh, um, I'm going to check that out. Not, yeah, not because of the good. naked fight scene at but the end. That's what sold it for bad. I understand right now. It's fine. <laughs> That's all right. I'm secure myself. We've met Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen. I mean, the we have probably every single like the who's who is from um, every. Actually, um, who's fighting uh, Tyrone Woodley? Stephen Thompson. He's one of the zombies in our movie. Oh, Um, we have Pete Jardine's in the movie. Phil um, Phil Davis is in the movie. Josh Thompson's in the movie. I just. Stephen Bonner is in the movie. Oh, Eve Edwards is in the movie. Isaac Valley Flag, Julie Kenzie. Are they all zombies? It's crazy awesome. Yeah, they're zombies. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, fucking A. What else do we got, Jimmy? For, uh, this is a great. Well, I'm looking forward I'm to I'm looking this. forward to this a lot. Uh, every fight is a good fight. And uh, now, what, 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 where are you guys on the, uh, on the, uh, the prelims? I think we're like the, the second or third fight of the night. Um, so, either Fight Pass or Fox Sports 1. You know, one of them, but uh, I think Randy and I are both, or not Randy, um, Rashad, Rashad and I are, are having trained together and having spent enough time together. We kind of, 
there's a lot of awesomeness for, for that fight. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy. He's and he's he's you know it's you guys have a good relationship. Uh, well, I mean, not that we're not like friends. You know, I knew him when when we trained together, and um, and I respect him as a, as a fighter and as an athlete. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the fight. All right. Well, good luck, man. Thank you for the call. It was really, really fun talking to you. And uh, we would do it again. We'd love to have you come in studio and just talk conspiracy stuff. I know you've been on Alex Jones and uh, really, really interesting. I'd love to ask you more military questions, too. Do anytime. I love you guys. You guys are hilarious. And uh, keep up everything that you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Talk to you soon, buddy. Okay. Thanks, Tim. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Good Take luck. Care. Tim Kennedy fighting Rashad Evans. Uh, Rashad's first fight at middleweight. That's on uh, 205. That's a very interesting fight. You know, because I'll tell you, he, he beat Michael Bisping back in the day, but that was at 205. Yeah. You know, and then and Bisping's had, well, you know, he's a champ now. So, uh, but, you know, Rashawn's been having a little bit of a tough go lately. And let's see if this gets him back on track. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got a, a hell of a task in front of him. I mean, Tim Kennedy's one of those guys I feel is a little underrated. I totally agree. You know, I mean, even from his fights in, uh, in Strike Force. Uh, he's always been a very dangerous guy, and I, and I that's I don't believe I just found out now about him being a black belt on the Hoyler Gracie because I've always admired his ground game, and he and he and he uses it very well the way he transitions on the floor and from from even from striking to the takedowns from up against the cage, and uh, he's quite the stud. I wonder if part of it too. This might sound crazy. Maybe one of the re- and then again the the John Jones theory will shoot this down because the name Tim Kennedy. Sounds like a name that's a common name. It doesn't sound like a like you know Yoel Romero stands out. You know Anderson yeah. Silva stands out. Again, yeah. there's a million other things that stand out. Yeah, Matt Serra. Oh, Matt Serra does retired. stand out. I'm but I'm just saying, Tim Kennedy sounds yeah. like a name. Like is that an actor? You know, maybe yeah. that's why. I mean, that's probably a shit theory right now. People are spitting at their fucking iPods. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just guessing because he's a great fighter. So we're trying to figure out why is he slightly underrated. Maybe that's why. I didn't realize he was special forces though. He and I have a lot in common. <laughs> what? He's a special forces guy, and I like talking about special forces. They, and you like special forces movies. Yes, certainly do. There you go. You have more in common than you think. Is that, is, that a re, is that a read in front it of you? It certainly is, but I wanted to finish complimenting. Uh, what a, fuck, what a, excuse me. What an alpha male. A guy that fucking goes over, fights in a war, comes back. UFC, black belt in jiu-jitsu. Fights in a cage. Fights, fights in a, a cage. Just, uh, that guy's a man. That guy's a manly man. How funny is that outgoing message on his doors? Oh, that's funny. Like at 14 or 15, you're calling here that? Click. I'll be doing the same <laughs> shit in like fucking Click. 10 years or so. I'll be doing the same thing. Well, Matt, I think this was a pretty barn burner event. Today. Heck yeah. Who's going to come on the next podcast? I know who's going to come on, though, in studio with us. Who? Oh, my good friend. I'm keeping you. You want to guess? Aljo Funk I'm not going to even tell you Al, I'm going to tell you I'm not going to let you guess Aljo Funkmaster just texted me okay. Sterling Aljo Aljo Funkmaster Sterling Who's he fighting? I don't know You should know uh, I, I think he's facing uh, Asun Sal Fuck yeah he Albany, is I was just yeah. checking Chris the producer oh, I watched I him spar the other day He's, he's going to be on that Albany card December 9th And that just got announced So I told him I go you know what I go, what are you doing? I go, what are you doing in a couple of days? I go, you want to come in, in the studio with me and Jimmy? Because he was on when I had uh, Master Henzo Gracie in here. And me and Master Henzo were just basically reminiscing about old times in Japan and abroad. and, and, and Not abroad, but abroad. <laughs> ah, come guys. on, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, And then Aljo, uh, he was in here, but he was kind of just listening to our stories. So I'm going to have him in here with you. Talk a little bit more. Oh, he's such a good dude. And he, well, I'll tell you, what a, what a great sparring he had the other day. 
with, a, with uh, one of our Georgians, uh, Marab, who's a tough motherfucker. Holy shit. I, I'm going to get his last name, but I can't pronounce it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Aljo's uh, coming off that loss to Brian uh, Caraway, which was um, a close fight. But uh, he, he's, he grew a lot from that. And he's going to show it on December 9th. So he's going to be in here to talk about that. Good. And uh, we'll keep everybody else in suspense about who else is going to be on. Okay. And also, um, more importantly, not more importantly, let's just say. More importantly than Aljo. We're wrapping up. And oh, I was okay. going to say, if you want to see me live, I'll be October 27th through 30th in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club. And then uh, November, I think, 18 and 19 at uh, Fort Lauderdale Improv, warming up for my special, which I will be getting tickets. Uh, There'll be free tickets to It's a New York show. I'm doing two shows what? in New York in when? December. What? Can I'm I go? announce it. Oh, you can, can go. I go. You'll absolutely be invited. And you'll get VIP December seating. when? I'll tell you off here. Oh, you, know, you don't know yet. It. I can't announce it yet. Oh, you can't announce no. it yet. Another day or two. I'm leaving my. I'm leaving everything open December. Don't make sure it's not December 9th, though, because I'm going to. It's be not with, the ninth. I'm going to be with Aljo in Albany when he's taking care of business. It's not the ninth. You know, and and as far as me, if anybody wants to know what I'm doing, you just check into uh, UFC Unfiltered. That's right. Make sure you download it. I got to go to one of those. <laughs> which one? We don't know which one. Oh no, not UFC Unfiltered. I think my UFC. I was looking for a fight with Dana the White. Fuck are you! T- I thought you were fucking with me. No, I zoned out for a second. Zoned you of, did. I, I thought you were talking about uh, Dana White. No, nah, I'm just talking. I'm plugging our thing here. The people that already listen. Let's go to, let's, where should we go? I want to go to Hawaii. I want to go somewhere. I'm calling Dana now. Hawaii. People, people are bugging me about, oh, when's the next looking for a fight? And I'm tracking down Dana today and I'm going to get a fucking answer. Let's go to Hawaii. I want to go somewhere. Let's want, get, let's get out of here though. Yeah, let's do that. Listen guys, thank you very much. Uh, Chris, thank you for a uh, good job. And thank you to our, uh, Tim Kennedy, a fascinating guy fighting Rashad Evans on 205. Jared Watson from the Dirty Heads from Calling. Really fun yeah. to talk to him as well. And thank you for helping me with the word welcoming. That's what, I, that's what I'm here How for, How come I friend. couldn't say welcoming? You you defend me from bullies. I will help you with, with certain words. We're going to help each other out. Thank you so much, John. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 